But Wicked Smart Sports Guys is brought to you by CellMaxBatteries.com, the go-to website for all your battery needs. CellMax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. CellMax Batteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, CellMax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, radios, whatever device you need a battery for, CellMax Batteries has the best batteries at the best price for your device. You can order a 24-pack. 24 rack of AA or AAA heavy duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24 pack of ultra alkaline, the really good stuff, ideal for all kinds of gaming and high tech devices at just $12.99. And you can order today and use coupon code BOSTON, that's all uppercase, BOSTON, and save 20% off your entire order. Once again, that's coupon code BOSTON at checkout to save 20% off those already low prices. CellMaxBatteries.com, C-E-L-L-M-A-X-Batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. All right, we are back with another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks, as always, to Dolly Dreams for the intro music. The Patriots are opening training camp this week. We're about two to three days away from officially being in football season. Players are getting... Put on PUP, contract negotiations are heating up, a lot is going on in the NFL world, and we're going to get into all of it with none other than Guy Boston Sports, Chief of Operations, one of the day ones at the site, heads of the site, Sean Palmer. Sean, how are you doing, my friend? Are you ready to talk some Patriots? I'm so ready to talk Patriots. I'm so sick of baseball. Just bring on the Patriots talk. Okay, so, I mean, as I said, a lot to get to. We're going to get into uh, a little bit of everything, a little back and forth of our individual power rankings for the wide receivers on the Patriots roster, which I'm excited about. I assume you've all heard out there of the F. Mary Kill game. Well, we're going to do start, bench, cut with the wide receivers, so get ready for that. That's going to be really fun. We're each going to give a player or possibly players to watch during camp, uh, some under-the-radar guys that can make a big impact this season. But before we get into all of that, we have to start with the man under center, the face of the Patriots, Tom Brady, of course, after a report came out today, Sean, from Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, essentially saying that Brady and the Patriots are not close on a contract extension, with Bleacher Report then reporting as uh, him saying that Brady would be playing next season on an expiring contract. So uh, what Pelissero said exactly was, quote, no deal is on the horizon at this point, end quote, referring to Brady and the Patriots. So, Sean, I'll ask you, what do you make of this report? Do you buy it? And do you think there's a real chance now of Tom Brady suiting up week one without a new contract? You know, I, I never w- know what to think when we hear these stories about the Patriots. You know, last year was so busy with all the rumors about Gronkowski getting traded, about Brady hating Belichick, all the Malcolm Butler stuff. And, you know, this offseason... Besides Gronk retiring, it's been really quiet. And then all of a sudden, they're going to throw out these rumors out here about Brady not getting a contract. Is he going to suit up? No contract in the horizon. What's going to happen in New England? And then he goes to say, you know, usually he just does a deal later in August or September. It's probably not a big deal, but we're going to make it sound like a big deal. And then a bunch of news outlets are going to run with it. I think, I honestly think Brady will probably play without a contract if he had to but I think he's going to get it done and I don't really think it's a big deal he's playing for 20 years this happens every year yeah I mean that's probably 
I would hope what's going on. But I just can't get over the fact that why would Palacero even bring it up if that is what's going on? It would be so confusing to me. You know, it's borderline stunning, this news, because what we've heard out of Foxborough over the last few years here is that, I mean, Brady had essentially won the power struggle between himself and Belichick. You know, Brady gets Guerrero in the building. Brady gets Garoppolo traded, et cetera, et cetera. But for whatever reason, the one thing Brady hasn't gotten is the contracts he's wanted since then. You know, remember last year, Brady didn't get any more money with his contract restructure in August. It was all incentive-based, and he didn't end up hitting any of those incentives, so he didn't get any extra money. And now we're hearing there's going to be no restructuring or extending at all, which doesn't make sense. If you're going to commit to Brady in virtually every other way possible, how are you not going to commit in the one way that's the most important, which is contractually? So to me, there's only one way to read this other than, uh, you know, if we're assuming it's true, there's only one way to read this, and that's to look at it and say either Brady or the Patriots aren't ready to commit to next season. The question is who it is. You know, is it Brady who wants to retire, or is it the Patriots who aren't ready to commit to Brady past his age 42 season? So I know you're saying you don't buy this report, you think the contract's going to be done, just work with me a little bit here. Could that be what we're looking at if what Tepelicero is saying is true? Could this be the last year of Tom Brady's career, and if so, have the Patriots adequately set themselves up to be prepared for that? You know, that I mean, that could very well be the case, because it, it is weird if they don't give their starting quarterback for the last 20 years, like, a guaranteed contract for the next season, after all he's done. But it's, it's really hard to believe that he's going to retire. You know, last year would have been perfect. You get number six, Gronkowski leaves, you kind of go off into the sunset, but now you come back, and now you're ready for training camp, and you're not getting a contract. But maybe he's not going to say anything. Maybe he doesn't want a farewell tour. Maybe he wants number seven, and he's just going to leave. But for me, that'd be kind of upsetting, because I'd really like an even number. I'd like eight Super Bowls. It's just, it is a really weird situation. But you never know. Brady could Brady could retire after the season. He may start to realize all his trips with his family. He wants more of that. And he's just he's done with football. But we'll see. He's a, he's a real competitor. And it's, it's hard to read the Patriots, especially with stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, Brady told us he was going to play until he's 45. But is there a chance he's changed his mind? You know, that he's gotten to 42 and six championships and said, you know what? Actually, yeah, I think this is it for me. You know, there, there's every chance that's what's going on. And that, that's always been a risk here for the Patriots as Brady gets older. At any point, he could just decide to retire. I'm not saying that's what's going on, but... It shouldn't be at all surprising if a 42-year-old quarterback decides he's played enough football. So to that second point about whether or not the Patriots are well-positioned here past Brady, a lot will depend on what the early returns are on Jared Stidham, you know, who's a player that I was planning on talking about, or I should say I wasn't planning on talking about as a name to watch during camp, the, the segment I tease a little later on in the podcast. But, I mean, when you start thinking about it from this perspective, he very well could be the most important player to watch during training camp. I mean, if he's good and shows some flashes in preseason games and practice, then the Patriots can breathe a sigh of relief. But otherwise, they're not set up the way they want to be. Uh, you know, when they had Jimmy Garoppolo, that's how they wanted to be set up with a clear blue chip talent that spent at least a year learning from Brady already. Is that Jared Stidham? Maybe, probably not, but maybe. I mean, you know, yes, they took him in the third round which is not nothing, but they also took Ryan Mallett in the third round, and it's not like he's turned into anything special. So uh, regardless of whether Stidham can be something special or not, they can't say they're adequately set up right now because we just don't know on Stidham. No one does. And that's why from here, it's a wait-and-see game on all of this stuff. 
Wait and see if the extension comes. Wait and see how Stidham plays. And wait and see how the 42-year-old is holding up after his 20th NFL season. Uh, Real quick before we move on, do you have any thoughts on Stidham? Uh, Do do you view him as someone who could position himself as the Patriots' next quarterback or just another guy and nothing really to put stock into? You know, I'm I'm such a bad scout of quarterbacks because over the years, like guys like Jimmy Clausen, I thought he was going to be a stud. And then Cam Newton comes in, ruins everything. It wasn't Jimmy Clausen's fault. Brady Quinn. I thought Ryan Mallett was going to be a good quarterback. I'm like, yeah, he's tall. He's got a good arm. He's absolute trash. And, you know, I heard a lot of good things about Stidham watching the NFL draft. They liked the Patriots pick from what I remember. But it's kind of just hard. It's hard to say if this is the if this is the right guy to take over. But if Brady's retiring after this year, it, it better be. Because I do not want a quarterback that has not played under Tom Brady to take over. Because that's just unsettling. For, as a fan, to move on from Tom Brady, you at least want that comfort of knowing this, this that this quarterback played behind Brady at least for a year or two and learned everything he could before Brady left. Because that's going to be a really tough day in New England. And I'm really hoping this guy is the next thing if Brady's moving on sooner than we thought. All right. Well, yeah, it'll definitely be something to watch during these preseason games because you assume he's going to get a lot of snaps out there. You know, I don't think they'd want to play Brian Hoyer that much when they really can get to see what they really have in Jared Stidham, at least to some extent. I mean, he's going to be playing against backups, but at the very least, that that is someone, I'm going to say, yeah, someone to watch this preseason for sure. Uh, okay, well, let's move on. Let's talk about Sony Michel. You know, he's been put on PUP to start camp. He's reportedly had uh, multiple minor knee surgeries this offseason, so uh, that's part of the reason why he's on PUP here. How concerned are you about the health of Sony Michel, the Patriots' supposed franchise running back, who, let's not forget, also had knee problems coming out of college. It's probably why he slipped all the way to the end of the first round in his draft. So uh, right now, what do you think of this health status for Sony Michelle? I mean, I'm definitely concerned because we, we saw a lot of things from last year that made you really excited about the Patriots running game. But he obviously had his back issues. I'm pretty sure he had some knee issues. And now he's on the PUP again. And it's definitely concerning. But I think they need to take it really slow with him. There's really no need to rush him back. Because we have plenty of running back depth. Like, we always find a way to get through it. So, yes, I'm concerned. And could he break down and just be nothing after all the potential? Yeah. But hopefully that doesn't happen. I think the Patriots will find a way. And luckily, we'll get into wide receivers in a little bit. But I think we have enough wide receivers that we can throw a little more this season if needed to be. Yeah, I mean, short term, absolutely. The Patriots can find answers to fill Michelle's void if he is unable to play. And all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff's great. But... From a purely from a Sony Michelle standpoint, yes, his health absolutely does worry me a lot. More particularly, long term, uh, to the point where I don't think I'd give him a second contract. Well, I mean, once his rookie deal is up, right now the way I'm looking at it, I'd probably cut bait, despite the fact that the Patriots spent a first round pick on him. You know, they'll get a nice comp pick back, probably in the third round. Maybe they can swing a trade to get something better when he's in the final year of his deal. But you know, he has four years left, assuming they pick up that fifth year option. And after that, I'd be done. You know, we've seen what's happened here recently with Todd Gurley, who's had knee problems of his own, and how he broke down last postseason, despite being an MVP caliber running back. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love what we've seen from Michelle on the field, besides the lack of production as a pass catcher. But I just don't see how his knees are going to hold up. And there's some serious issues there. You know, he should be a productive guy this year still, I would assume. But from a long-term standpoint he doesn't look like a guy who's going to be able to hold up. There really doesn't seem like any long-term like plans for running backs anymore. You get the couple good years out of them, and then they're basically done, and they turn into role guys. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we saw the Steelers didn't want to give Le'Veon Bell his contract. Now we're hearing the Chargers are going to stand firm on Melvin Gordon. They're not giving him another contract. That's what they've said. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott now, he's in trade rumors because do the Cowboys want to trade him? So it, it, it is uh, an interesting time in the NFL for running backs. And, you know, Sony Michelle's just another guy in that pile. And, you know, who knows how his contract is going to be handled when that time comes. But uh, well, let's talk about these Patriots' other first-round pick from last year, Isaiah Wynn, who we were all pleasantly surprised to see not on PUP to start training camp as he continues to work his way back from his torn Achilles last preseason. The Patriots, they have a huge hole at left tackle, and it feels like he's expected to fill it. You know, he played left tackle in college despite his lack of size for that position with Sony Michelle, I might add, so it would seem as though he'd be the answer there. However, it's worth noting that I believe Joe Thune uh, was taking snaps at left tackle during OTAs when Wynn was unavailable, so that's just something to take into consideration too. Do the Patriots have eyes for moving Thune to left tackle and maybe moving Wynn inside? Is that something they'd want to do? I'm not sure, but uh, overall, would you be comfortable with Wynn as the Patriots starting left tackle come week one if that's what it came to? Win or lose, you got to go with Isaiah Win. I think, uh, was it Dante Skarnecki? Is that how you say his last name? I think he's been really good. I think he's he's making our players a lot better than they actually are. The second they leave, they might turn to trash again. But I think we can, we got to try it. We see first round pick as well. I think we got to give him a fair shot at it. If not, we can move over to Thune, but I think he's well worth it, the shot. And obviously, Brady gets hurt this year. We can probably blame Win, but. I think it's he's definitely deserves his chance at the left tackle position. Definitely sure, but it's concerning. But we got to try. Right. Yeah. My only concern with Win is how the injury has affected him. You know, he he was a first round talent for a reason. He's a really good offensive lineman, and you know the chemistry he has with Sony Michelle should really help in the run game as well. I mean, think about it. He was the twenty third pick, and the biggest knock on him was his size, which, generally speaking, especially in football, is a trait that is mattering less and less by the day. So as long as he's returned to full health. People should feel confident with Isaiah Wynn on the offensive line. This isn't some bum the Patriots picked up off the street. This is a top-line talent. So I really don't understand the Isaiah Wynn hate that's gone around. He, he should be able to fill that role adequately right away. So Wynn is definitely someone to watch during training camp as well. Uh, we've already talked about St- uh, Jared Stidham. How about another one, Sean? Besides those two, who's someone on the Patriots roster you'll be watching closely during training camp and the preseason, someone that you think is kind of flying under the radar here that could have a major impact this NFL season? I don't know if I'm alone on this, but I've been kind of waiting for Derek Rivers to get on the football field and see if he can do anything from the defensive end position. He's 6'5", 250, he's a huge guy, but he's just been injured the entire time since he's been in the NFL. I've just been waiting and waiting. I'm hoping he can make the big impact what I think is going to be a very exciting Patriots defense this year. Yeah, Derek Rivers is definitely a good one. It's kind of uh, along the same lines of a player that I have. You know, Rivers, obviously, someone they they picked years ago, hasn't made that impact, like you said, but someone they might still uh, regard pretty highly. I'm going to throw out Duke Dawson. This guy was a second-round pick from this team, you know, a couple years ago. It's really put up a shut-up time with him. I mean, I don't know if he'll have a major impact this season or not, but I do want to talk about him because it's someone who, who you know, to watch over the next month or so, the, the Patriots have a lot of depth in the secondary from J.C. Jackson to Stephon Gilmore to Jason McCourty to Devin McCourty to Deron Harmon to Patrick Chung to even this past year's second-round pick, Jawan Williams. There's a lot of talent there, and Duke Dawson is someone they heavily invested in who hasn't gotten a real chance to get on the field due to injuries, and I wonder where he fits into all of this. You know, Is he someone they still value highly, or is he potentially in danger 
of being cut with all the other players at his position on the roster. So I, I just think there's a wide variance with a guy like Dawson, and that's why I'm highlighting him as someone to watch uh, this July and mostly, you know, August. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the game we've all been waiting for. Start, bench, cut with the Patriots wide receiver. I tease it off the top. Uh, a position that's, uh, you know, just a little murky. A lot of turnovers going on there. A lot of new names in the fold. So what we're going to do here is we're going to leave out Josh Gordon because, you know, his situation is kind of hard to read. I don't expect him to be reinstated this season. So I, I don't feel like, I know, I know it's been floated out there. But it's not something I see on the horizon. So I don't think what we should really get into that and really include him when we're kind of previewing the position. We are going to include Julian Allen despite his thumb injury because he is still expected to play week one. So we're going to use these seven guys. We're starting three, benching two, and cutting two. And the seven players we're considering for the purposes of this game are in alphabetical order, Braxton Berrios, Philip Dorsett, Julian Edelman, Maurice Harris, Nikhil Harry, Dontrell Inman, and Demarius Thomas. Apologies to Matthew Slater and Damon Patterson uh, for not making the cut, but unfortunately neither of you uh, are, in my mind, going to have a big impact on the wide receiver position this uh, this season. So uh, those two don't get listed. But, Sean, uh, I'm going to have you start off here. Who are you starting? Who are you benching? Who are you cutting? So I'm going to start Julian Edelman. I'm starting Thomas when he's healthy. He'd be on my squad. And then the rookie... Yeah, Neil Harry, I think he's going to be a stud. I was kind of surprised by that pick. I never see the Patriots go out there a flashy wide receiver in the first round. So I'm kind of excited to see what he can do, seeing him working out with Brady. And then, this was tough. Because I had Derek Rivers, and then I had Braxton Berrios as one of my sleepers, and I really wanted to cut him. But I, I, I kind of just kind of pull him in with Edelman. Like, what if he could be that kind of next Edelman guy? Just a small slot receiver. And if Edelman's thumb is a problem throughout the year. I'd like, him, I'd like to have him on my team just in case. So I'm going to put him on my bench. And then, the other guy on my bench is going to be your guy, Philip Dorsett. He's staying on the team. So is there anyone else? And then I'm cutting Dontrell Inman. I really don't know too much about him. He had 28 catches last year, three touchdowns. Could be good, but he's off my team. So Dontrell Inman and Maurice Harris off your team as well, right? And Harris. Harris is gone. Didn't even, didn't even think of him. That's how much I like him. All right, all right, Sean. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to come out and say pretty different. I mean, I am starting Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry like you. I'm also starting Philip Dorsett. You know I love Philip Dorsett. I can't leave oh, him I off the start list. You know, Edelman, he's an easy number one, obviously, for obvious reasons. Harry, I love. I think he was the most NFL-ready receiver in the draft class. He's perfect for their offense, the way he fights for extra yards. Uh, he was actually on my list. I came out with guys the Patriots should target in the first round. He was on my list. He was the only receiver on there for me, and uh, I was so happy when they made that pick. They obviously love him since they drafted him so high, so another easy one for me to put on there in the starting category. And then you know how much I love Dorsett. Sure hands. I really would love to see him get a bigger role this season, and I think he deserves it after after a really good uh, season and a small sample size. Uh, last year, and you can't forget the AFC Championship game had that great touchdown catch too. You gotta, you gotta have trust. That was, in that was magic. I was very, ha- I was, I think I was happier for you than I was for Dorsett. So you gotta have trust in Philip Dorsett. Hopefully, it'll work out better for me than my Guerchanya Baselli love. But uh, Philip Dorsett definitely on there for me. Bench, bench for me. Dontrell Inman and Maurice Harris. That's my bench. Inman. Big impact for the Colts last year. You know, he was a nice player for the Colts. They kind of signed him late. They had to cut Bruce Ellington 
to make room for Dodge Lindman on the roster. And I think he's someone that, you know, a really good NFL wide receiver. He's had some good years with the Chargers as well. So he's just kind of a reliable second-tier guy. That's why I have him there. And Maurice Harris... You know, I've just I've only heard good things about him. He was one of the first guys they brought in in free agency. Out all these guys brought him in before Demarius Thomas, before Bruce Ellington, and you know who they later cut before Dontrell Inman. All these guys. He was one of the first guys they brought in. I think they have big plans for him. His kind of you know a, a more advanced numbers for him look really good. He it looks like he's going to fit nicely into the offense. So I'm putting him on the bench. And Sean, I am not starting Demarius Thomas. I am not benching Demarius Thomas. I am cutting Demarius Thomas. Oh, my And goodness. I am cutting Braxton Berrios. Look, Thomas, he was over the hill even before he tore his Achilles last season for the Texans. Okay? He's owed $5 million if he's on the roster by week one. I believe if they cut him, they owe him none of that. So, to me, easy, goodbye, you're gone. No way we're paying you that money. Demarius Thomas, There is, I, I can't see a world in which he is on this team just because of all, all the things I just listed, never mind his injury history, that money, they are not going to pay him that money. And then another cut, Braxton Berrios. Berrios, to me, nothing more than a seventh rounder. You know, he, he had a, a special place in the hearts of Patriots because he did look kind of similar to Edelman. And, you know, they have they have those West Walkers, the Edelman types, those guys in the past, and it seemed like Berrios was another guy. He was just a, a lowly seventh rounder, but really not that special of a prospect. Uh, maybe there's a place for him on the practice squad, but on this team, on my Patriots team, he's getting cut. Hope We're, we're going to try to put him on the practice squad, but if another team picks him up, that's just what happens. So that is my my start bench cut list right there. You, I mean, you, you had some adverse reactions there. I don't know if you want to get some some uh, some off your chest here, but I yeah, think that, you'd make I think you'd make a much better coach than me. I think you're more of a realist. I think I'm kind of getting blinded by the names, and I, you know, I've been attached to Braxton Barrios since we drafted him. Since I just kind of praised him so much, and I'm just really hoping the best for Demarius Thomas, just basically off his his past. I'm living in the past. Demarius Thomas, big name. I mean, who knows? Maybe he could mentor Nikhil Harry in some way. I mean, they profile somewhat similarly. I don't want to scare Patriots fans too much, like, really, because, I mean, Demarius Thomas, we know how soft he's been in some big games here, so I don't I don't want to compare Nikhil Harry to him too much there, but, you know, I, I just don't see uh, Demarius Thomas having anything left. You know, I, I wrote about this back in April that he's not the answer, and that's why I was pretty sure they were going to draft someone pretty highly, because, I didn't think he was a long-term plan for this team, especially when I saw how the guaranteed money was structured. I was pretty sure Thomas wasn't going to last on the team. And, you know, I don't compare him as closely to, like, people comparing him to, like, Reggie Wayne and stuff like that. He's not over the hill in the same way. I mean, Reggie Reggie Wayne was just old. Thomas is more beaten up through, through uh, you know, like I said, his injury history and stuff like that. And that's kind of how So he's- you don't think he's going to retire? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired because I do think the injuries are a concern there, but he's young enough that maybe there's a chance, you know, the Achilles injuries are tough. We we heard, uh, saw in the NBA with Kevin Durant, he's going to be out a year and how hard it was for DeMarcus Cousins to come back from his Achilles injury. So in football, it's, I think there have been players in the past. I think Steve Smith came back from an Achilles injury. I had a few players listed in that piece. Michael Crabtree had an Achilles injury. So there, there have been receivers that have had success after that injury in the NFL. But uh, I just don't know if Demarius Thomas is one of those guys. And I just don't see him fitting with the Patriots. Could he go sign in with another team? Yeah, maybe. I think he could fit somewhere else in the NFL. But depending on when the Patriots cut him, I mean, it's all going to depend on all that stuff. So uh, I'm not I'm not ready to say that 100%. But it, there is precedent for him to come back and have a, a little bit of success here at the end of his career. You know, I think it 
completely depends on what they think of the other wide receivers during training camp. Like if they're if they're convinced Philip Dorsett is going to have a bigger role in this offense, and if they like what they see from Inman and they like what they see from Harry, then I think Thomas it would probably be a no brainer. They might just get rid of him. But if they're kind of concerned with what they see, I think they might hold on to him and just kind of eat that money and see what happens. I think there was some reports during the Philip Dorsett negotiations uh, in which there was talk of like a larger role, that he wanted a larger role if he was going to come back and he was promised one, something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, it's just something we're going to have to wait and see on, on that position. But yeah, like I said, we're not we're not including the Demond Pattersons of the world. Unfortunately, uh, he was he didn't he, you know I, I didn't want to include him because he was going to be someone we're both going to cut if we're going to be honest. So uh, we wanted to make it a little more interesting. Than that didn't want to bog it down with another name in there. Uh, but that that that's it for our Patriots training camp preview. Sean, uh, thanks for joining us. I will say, Sean, real quick before we get out of here, it is basically tradition. And before the NFL season, you got to give a record prediction. Do you have a record prediction for the Patriots for this upcoming season? The typical 12-4. and four. Mm. I'd have to look over the schedule more to give you a more accurate thing, but I'm pretty... I kind of look into the future a lot, and I'm usually right, so I'm going to go... I'm going to go 12 and 4 for the New England Patriots. And yeah, no Strashanis there. I, they went 11 and 5 last season. I honestly think they got better. I, I like the talent on the team. I, I know there's been taught a lot of, that's been a big debate of, you know, I think ESPN ranked them like 30th uh, in terms of like they had a ranking of who got better, who got worse this season, or most improved NFL teams, and they were like 30th on the list, something like that. But. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I love the addition of Harry. I think the offense is going to be more prolific. Chris Hogan kind of fell off a little bit last season. And I think the additions of other guys, you know, they, they've completely redone this wide receiver position. And I think that's for the best. There's a lot of guys here who are going to make an impact. And I think it's going to help the offense move on from Gronkowski. I mean, speaking of the tight end position, something we didn't talk about, obviously. Watson, once he goes back, will be able to fit in nicely there. I do have my concerns there. Do they look to trade for someone? I don't know. Does Gronk come back? That's another question entirely for another podcast. But, uh, you know, overall, I just look at the team. I look at the defense. I still love the secondary group. I think it's one of the best secondary groups the Patriots ever had. And, you know, when I look at what they did last season, hopefully the Miami Miracle does not happen to them again this season. And I just think they're going to clean things up a little bit from last year, and they're going to get back to their usual, you know, 13-3 and ways. So that's what I see in line for this Patriots team. I think we're going to see a two-game I think we're going to see a two-game improvement. You know, I think I think this team is talented enough that they're going to get that bye week, and it's just going to be your typical Patriots season, and, you know, they're going to ride into the playoffs with, uh, with all that momentum, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, Sean, thank you for joining us in Talking Patriots. Like I said, guys, be sure to follow Sean on Twitter at PalmerGuyBoston for all his Red Sox and Patriots takes in the month of August. It's going to be a great time. Uh, make sure to follow at the Boss Talk. A lot of stuff going on there uh, on the Twitter. And Evan, uh, Sean, I'm sure they're going to start up those episodes rolling again. Make sure to follow Evan's live streams. We've been doing that. Uh, so that's important to follow. Uh, you know, it's kind of a kind of a partnership with the boss talk going on there. So be sure to check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at KJDLGBS. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Wicked Smart Pod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.